All right, well, we're not going to be in Revelation this morning. We're not going to be anywhere near our normal trip through the Bible. I, I believe we will finish up Jude, and there might be some more odds and ends that we need to cover uh, in the next coming weeks. Uh, but I just want to talk about New Year's today. This is, this is New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Um, everyone's kind of thinking in terms of the future and vision and... Um, so I just want to share some things that I have in my heart for us as we head into the new year and hopefully encourage and, and challenge us as we, as we think toward what we are going to do this next year, um, the, the commitments we're going to make. So it's the time of year when we typically um, take stock of our lives. Does it, do you guys do this around the new year? You sort of look back and look forward and you take stock of where you've been and where you need to head um, it just happens around New Year. I guess it's a convenient place to do it. You could do it at any time of the year, I guess. Um, but that happens around New Year's. And who, who here regularly makes resolutions, New Year's resolutions? I do. I mean, or you have, like, goals, New Year's goals. Or What would you say is your percentage rate on, like, nailing those <laughs> resolutions? Raise your hand if it's over 50%, you think. Yeah, I, I, so maybe it's just my personality, but I like to get all sorts of plans at the beginning of the year and, and then fail by January 15th um, on most of them. Um, there's actually a proverb uh, that I read. It's something like, uh, it, is, it is vain to say, it is holy, uh, or to rashly say, it is holy, and only to consider the matter later. Uh, in other words, don't, don't like, make all sorts of commitments and zealous uh, projections and then consider it later and say, yeah, yeah, that's probably not what I need to be doing. Anyway, that's for me. Um, but I want to reframe the whole notion of New Year's resolutions this morning and, and the way we go about setting goals for ourselves um, in light of the wisdom and admonition of Scripture. Um, the question that I think we need to come away with is not what do I want to accomplish this year or what do I need to get better at this year, um, but rather what does God desire in my life and in my church this year? What does God want? Because we can set goals, but... Um, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's, those aren't just, it's not just a jingle. It's not just liturgy that's dead on a page. That means you set the agenda. Let my agenda come into line and come underneath yours, your will. Um, and so if we pray that, it, that implies submission and yielding. Okay, that doesn't necessarily imply uh, go get them, rah, rah. A lot of that has to do with, with yielding and accepting the will of God. Um, and so typically we, we make New Year's resolutions for any number of reasons. Um, but here are some reasons that don't primarily have to do with thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Um, the first would be out of guilt from previously broken resolutions. Right? That is not thy kingdom come, thy will be done. 
That is, I set a goal that maybe I should or shouldn't have set last year, and I didn't get it, so well, I guess i got to do it again this year. Now, you might want to do that. So this is not primarily, okay? So all these might be, might be decent reasons for having a New Year's resolution. Might be in line with thy kingdom come. But some, it, uh, detached from that, these are bad reasons to have uh, resolutions. Um, for a sense of personal achievement, just because you like having that box that you can check off. Right? That's, still, that's still centered in yourself. Maybe that's your personality, your type A or whatever it's called. And you just like to have that box. You like to define the goal and you like to achieve the goal. That's, a, that's fine. That's great. But if that's what your focus is, that's not thy kingdom come. That's my box be checked. Right? <laughs> I'm glad Jeremy's here. Um, another reason is to, to, to gain respect or honor among people that you look up to or admire. Or, in other words, to, to bolster your reputation. You know, I, 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 want to, I want to bolster my reputation this year. I want to be seen in a certain way more this year. Um, and then finally, because people are telling you and harping on you that you should get better at this or that. That would be fine, right? We, we like to speak into each other's lives. But if that's your only reason for making a resolution, then don't make it. Why, why do you just want to get people off your back, right? Don't, don't do that. Proverbs 29, 18. What's it, what's it say, Joseph or Jerem or anyone that's been around here a long time? Stephen. Yes. Yep. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's what it says in King James. In the ESV, it says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. The Amplified Version, which is a uh, pretty helpful version, actually. Um, It says, Where there is no vision, in brackets, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. So there's two parts to this verse. You know how Hebrew poetry works, Hebrew wisdom literature works. It's, it's parallelism. You say one thing and then you, in one line and then you echo it in the next line and you kind of bring a third dimension into the picture. And so you're sort of, it's not rhyming words, it's sort of rhyming thoughts. Okay? Here's two parallel thoughts that kind of inform each other. Okay? Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's the first thought. But happy is he who keeps the law. He who keeps the law is happy. Okay, those two are set parallel to each other. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Okay, so there's cause and effect. So what's the cause and effect in the second, in the one that rhymes that? Keeping the law is meant to rhyme with no prophetic vision. It's the opposite. Perish or cast off restraint is set at opposite with happy. Okay. So this is interesting. What's that? Twenty nine eighteen Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. You can just minus one from each of the numbers. 
two, nine, eight. So, vision here does not mean um, what modern self-help would call vision, or like setting personal goals, or defining outcomes. That is not what vision here means. This means, and I like prophetic word, or has the amplified, says, vision of God and his word. Okay, that's the vision we're talking about. Revelation. Um, It's talking about the commandments of God. It's seeing the way God created the world and the way he designed it to run, seeing his commandments in that way. Okay? Um, Casting off restraint, where there is no vision, where people don't understand the way God designed stuff, they they scatter. It's it's a scattering. Uh, Another way to translate it would be run wild. Okay, where there is no vision, people run wild. They, they go all different directions. The best example of this is in Exodus 20, uh, not 25, 32. Exodus 32. And I actually want to read a little bit out of this chapter. Anybody know what happens in Exodus 32? Significant golden calf. The Bible Bowl champions over here. Um. Exodus 32, and, and the, the relevant verse where, where the casting off restraint happens is in verse 25. When Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? So this is happening. Here's the story. Moses is up on the mountain. People have come out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness in front of Sinai. Moses has gone up on the mountain. What's happening on the mountain? Prophetic vision, right? God is revealing his law, the way he wants people to live in society, and the designs for the temple, where he's going to meet with his people. Moses is getting the vision. If there were ever a definition of vision, this is it. It's what Moses was getting on the mountain. Okay, it says he came down and with these tablets, it says they were written with the very finger of God. Right? He had the vision. Okay? Now he's up there getting that, getting tablets written by the finger of God. And he comes down with these and he approaches the camp. And in the meantime, the people have pleaded with Aaron and said, Make for us God so that we can worship. When people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. Okay? So they make a golden calf. And it says, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I understand that. Okay? No, it was Yahweh. But they had to make a graven image and say, Hey, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. This is our salvation right here. Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. Okay, and they offer burnt offerings, and they brought peace offerings, and they sat down to eat and rose up to play. Um, they worshipped it and sacrificed to it. Okay? So we're talking about casting off restraint. They didn't go run wild in the sense that we would think of running wild. They did 
deeply religious things. <laughs> they said, we got to worship someone. we gotta, we got to bring sacrifices. We need to, our lives need to mean something. So let's create these gods that we can worship so that we can oh, feel good about who we are in life. Does it make sense? We're not talking about, they didn't just go and rape and pillage and plunder. Okay? They went and worshipped and sacrificed. That's running, that was the running wild. So where they went wrong is not that they didn't have, I would say, good goals or desires. It was that they did not wait for Moses to return. They did not allow God's word, God's commandment, the tablets inscribed with the finger of God, to shape those desires into things that would glorify God. Into the way, so we were created with the desire to worship, a need to worship. But we need to allow that desire to be informed by the word of God. The very thing that they wanted to do was the very thing Moses was getting instructions for. Here's how to build the tabernacle. Here's how to offer sacrifice. Here's how to live your life together. Here's how to worship. You want to worship. Here's how to worship in the way that brings me glory, in the way that I designed you to. They did not wait for that, and they did not allow the word of God to shape that desire into something glorifying, into something fruitful. Okay? So you see how this fits with the proverb. But he who keeps the law is happy. Where there's no vision, where you don't let the word of God come and shape your decent desires into something that will actually produce fruit and will actually bring life and glory into the earth. There's just running wild, sacrificing to whatever. Keeping the law, this is set parallel to prophetic vision. Where there's no prophetic vision, people run wild, but where you keep the law. All right? Scripture. What God says, his revelation of himself to us. This is prophetic vision. And prophetic vision doesn't just stop, doesn't just include seeing, it's also keeping the law. Keeping the law. Happy is he. This means blessing or flourishing life. Um, And it's not dependent on circumstances. This is not like the state of mind that we call happiness or bliss. You know, if you want to get into psychology, which is based on external stimulus. That's not what the happiness is. This is a state of being. You are happy. Okay. It's like joy. Joy is not based on your circumstance. It's, it's not a response to the way life treats us that day. It's unshakable. Okay? So, it, this is what I want to say about New Year's resolutions. You probably have a lot of desires. And a lot of them are probably really good desires. That have come from even, you know, seeing some things about God, seeing some things about Scripture. But I want to encourage us to spend time allowing the Word of God to really shape our desires and our goals into something that will actually produce fruit. 
because we can have a desire and a need to worship God in a particular way, a need to live a Christian life in a way we think that needs to happen. And we can actually be, in trying to check off our boxes, we can actually be constructing golden calves and just worshiping them. Because there are ideas and goals and vision that have us at the center, that have our need to matter, our need to accomplish something at the center, not God's will, God's desires. We feel like, well, yeah, we should do something. I need to produce something this year. That's that's a great desire. It has to be shaped and formed by the word of God. We have to make our decisions and make our goals based in the word of God. So the question is, what's your ultimate desire? In looking toward the new year, what, when you think about what you want to have accomplished this year, what is, that, what is the ultimate desire? You might have little goals, but what are all those rooted in? What's at the heart of all of those goals and aspirations? Is it glory for God or is it something else? If, if the goal is glory for God, it changes the way you do everything. Okay? Because you can't just wake up and say, what do I feel like? Well, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's not living for the glory of God. You will evaluate your circumstances in totally different ways. It won't be, how is this affecting me? It's, how can God get glory out of this? All right? So maybe you want a better devotional life this year. That's usually on my list. I want to be better at praying or better at reading scripture. Um, but if, if I'm at the center of that, what I do is I make, according to my own personality, I get a plan, I get a, a, the reading plan that makes most sense to me, that seems the most logical, and then I make myself do it, which is fine. But then if that doesn't last, and it's kind of like, well, I didn't stick with it. All right, okay, good, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll, do it. I'll try again next year. <laughs> Instead, I need to be asking myself not what's the best plan that makes the most sense to me. Let me put that plan in place in my life and hold myself to it. For me, I think God would say, will you starve your flesh of satisfaction? from other places so that the word will become sweet like honey and prayer will become as necessary as breathing. Will you detach yourself from things that you use to satisfy yourself enough to where that hunger really can latch on to the word and you don't have a reading plan. You you will just crave the word. Will you let that take place? Because God is not interested in you following a reading plan. He's interested in you keeping his word. And reading plans don't... Reading plans are great. I love reading plans. But this is what I think Chad was saying a couple weeks ago at our joint service. It's better to keep one verse (laughs) than to stick to your reading plan and check off that box. Okay? Don't struggle with the reading plan. Allow God to do the things in your life to use that situation to, to bring you to the end of yourself. Maybe you want fulfilling friendships. You want, to, you want to be a better friend or have better friends. But will you allow the challenging or difficult relationships that are in your life 
to break you and chip away at you to where you wouldn't have chosen this person as a fulfilling friend, but they have become deeply fulfilling because God has made you a fulfilling friend to them. That's the glory of God. If you want friendships, let God take all the relationships in your life. And this is how you think if you're after the glory of God. Chip away at me so that I can be the most fulfilling friend out there. To whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter whether you would choose them as a friend or not. This is a big one for all of us, you know, at some time in our life. I, I really want to get married. I remember when I just really wanted to get married. And I kept trying to convince myself, well, yeah, it's for the glory of God. And God just kept having to tell me, it's not, you just really want to get married. It's great. That's fine. You just really want to get married. And it, it always came back to that. Yeah, but marriage is good. Yeah, but I can serve you better with it. Yeah, but I can. Well, no, it's just because you really want to get married. Will you allow your singleness to create such dependence on God that whether you get married or not, you are known as someone who finds their all in Christ? Will you allow? You can only be single while you're single. You can only let God work on you through singleness while you're single. I say this all the time, jokingly. I wish I could be single knowing what it's like to be married. That's a lack of faith. You can't. You can't do that. You have to accept now as a single person the things that God wants to teach you as a single person. You can't learn them when you're married. And I think one of the biggest things he wants is to teach us is how to find our all in him. To say that the great thing of marriage, it's glorious. Nothing, I mean, almost nothing displays God's glory more than marriage. Can you even say, but that's not where I find my all. I find my all in you and you alone. Can you say that? Can you allow this time in your life can you allow God to work in you in that way I want a better marriage <laughs> I want to get married and then you get married and then you need you want to, some things to change in your marriage that's what happens after you get married oh, I wish this person was different but will you be the one to die to yourself to make that happen so I'm listing areas that maybe we think of when we think of in the future, uh, when we think toward vision and goals for ourselves uh, for the upcoming year, our relationships, our devotional life. And I'm using these because they're not, these are all good things. We pursue deep friendship around here. We highly esteem marriage. We want marriages to be great and fulfilling and satisfying and all of those things. And definitely we <laughs> push people toward a disciplined devotional life. But I'm trying to call us to the idea that if you don't have vision, if you don't have prophetic vision, if you're crafting your goals out of something other than prophetic vision, you will run wild. You will cast off restraint. There will be chaos in your life. So it may mean that you need to spend some time thinking about 
and deepening your understanding of what is, what is the prophetic vision. What is God like? What does he desire? What is my purpose? Big picture. What's this church about? Why, why do we have this church? Why do we have home fellowships? What is my part to play in all this? You might need to think about that in some ways and, and, and come to a deeper understanding of prophetic vision, not method of doing church or particular flavor of Christianity, but what does the Word of God say? Because the things that we do around here are deeply rooted in Scripture, wrestling with Scripture, praying for long times, fasting. We're, we're pretty informal. You know, we climb in the window to come to church, but we are very intentional in the way that we build. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not polished and, and all systematic, but that's because that's not what we see in the Word of God. We see an organic family of people relating to each other. So we might need to zoom out and, and ask God, what is the vision? What, what is the prophetic vision? What, what, are, what are we all about here? But it may mean also that we need to, we know the vision, we know all the answers, we know the, the way we do church and all that stuff. We may need to be better at treating that as the word of God and, and not treating it as a, um, a method or just a, a style of church, but treating it as, as the vision that it is. Prophetic vision as the word of God. The life-giving commands of God. Right? The way we do church is not just the CF way. It's, it's biblical. <laughs> and if, if we want to change it, if we want to wrestle and, and, and figure out a more biblical way to do it, let's, let's do that together. But we're not just trying to promote a particular method. We are trying to keep the word of God. To do the word of God. And all of this might boil down to, we might need to understand more what, what it means to pray, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Okay? So, ultimately, I want to call us, and this is, this is the end, this is what I'm going to end with. I want to call us to, make, to not make New Year's resolutions, to not get goals in our head, um, and this is the way that my mind works, so you can laugh if you want to. So I don't want us to make New Year's resolutions, but I want us to make New Year's resignations. Yielding ourselves... Thank you. <laughs> How can we yield ourselves more to what the Word of God says? How the Word of God wants to shape our lives, to form us. Yielding and submitting ourselves to the prophetic vision. Um, so I want to call us to think in those terms. What are my New Year's resignations? How am I going to resign myself over to the will of God more this year? Not think up plans and goals for myself. Not craft next steps. Um, and not just get some advice so we don't have to think through it and just say, well, they, this wise person told me this advice, so this is what I'm going to do. That's great. All of that is good. But what are you really doing? Do you want to resign yourself to the will of God? That's the question. And this, this year, are you going to do that? And that can look like having a better reading plan for devotional life. Uh, 
having better friends, whatever. It can look like all of those things, but I, I want to ask us to examine us, ourselves and, and ask ourselves what's at the core, where there is no prophetic vision. It's just, it's just flailing around. Uh, but happy is he who keeps the law of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we need you in this time. There's so many distractions and then hope, but regret. Hope for the future year, regret for the past year, and we get all uh, out of sorts in our minds. And Lord, I pray that you would just cut through all that, Lord, that the vision would be clear in our hearts. Lord, that this church, that the, the particular expression of your eternal purposes Lord, that, that you would help us to, to grab a hold of it and sink our teeth into it, to know it, and to allow it to shape our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to dream not in the way the world tells us to dream. Uh, Lord, not in, uh, not in mere fantasizing about uh, ourselves and fantasizing about what, what could be in our lives. Lord, help our dreams and our visions be rooted in your heart, Lord, the things that you desire, the things that you bled and died to see happen. Uh, God, help those things to be what are on uh, the forefront of our mind as we look toward this new year. Father, thank you for the promises in your word that you will be with us even to the end of the age. And God, I pray that you would speak to each person here. Lord, all, heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And you told us, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you said that you would be with us. And so, Lord, as we look to this next year of service in your kingdom, help us to embrace um, our cross where we need to. Lord, help us to allow your work of of brokenness uh, to work in our lives. But Lord, help us to know that you are with us, even to the end of the age, and that we uh, can glorify you. You made it possible for our lives to glorify you. Lord, help us to pray with sincerity, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And Lord, where our will intersects with that and and goes perpendicular to it, Lord, help us to die. Help us to yield and submit and resign ourselves to you. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have some conversation in home group about areas that you might need to resign yourself more to God in in the upcoming year. Amen? Amen. Anybody want to share anything just... Right now, is this hitting you in a particular way? While we're all here, yeah.